What is up, everybody? Welcome to the MMA Killshot Podcast from DFS Army. I'm Sniper. That's Monk. We got UFC 295, two title fights. Fuck you, John Jones, Stipe. I don't need you. <laughs> I got Yuri Prohaska taking take on Alex Pereira, and I got Tom Aspinall versus Sergey Pavlovich. Yes. Fun fights. You know what? I, I'm call me a hater. I, I would rather watch Sergey Pavlovich. I'm more interested in Pavlovich Aspinall. Than I as Joan Stipe. Just yeah. thanks, Dante Mays. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> One thing you did right in the last week, <laughs> last two weeks. Good job. Good job, right. sir. So on this show, by the way, hit that like button if you didn't already. We're going to talk DraftKings. We're going to talk a little bit of betting, break it all down. Make sure you join DFS Army. Those links are below. We do really well when there's not mid-card cancellations. I'm going to be honest. I think Discord was there's a lot of tears last week with uh with Vieira and Petrosian canceled, had some tough breaks. We move on. We keep, you know, we're gonna put put keep on putting ourselves in plus EV spots. And I had a bet straight up on on Rodolfo Vieira at, at plus money. I think I got him at plus one hundred. Oh, and then another little bit at minus one ten and pick him too. Like they like canceled that. They knew about that way before they announced it. He announced it like breaking news. We just found out the fight was canceled. I saw a dude on Twitter. I'll make this quick who tweeted something like, my DFS only shows five players. We lost a fight. I didn't see it anywhere else. I was like, this dude's nuts. Two hours later, they announce that fight's but it, off. But it, just... but it wasn't that. That wasn't that. That is a what glitch. Was that was the late replacement. There was another late replacement fight last week. Who was? Who oh. had a late replacement? Um, oh, God. It's already uh, escaped me. I've got it right here. Krzyzewski, uh Was it? Um, Dalby, Krzyzewski, Petrino, go. No, no, yeah, yeah, it was the um, that Elvis Brenner, Krzyzewski, Brenner, Krzyzewski. And because Brenner's opponent pulled out, if you had Brenner, your lineup showed five fighters remaining, but it wasn't because oh, of okay. anything. All right, well, I take it back that I just thought that was like, what the hell? Was doing that. And I was just like, eh. <laughs> <sighs> but yeah, it is funny that it worked out that way. So we need, right. some, we need some more shit on that again, but. We put ourselves, and we'll keep putting ourselves in plus EV spots and do what we got to do. So your links are below. Join the Discord. We got cheat sheets, rankings, prop or optimizer. Check all that shit out. And with that being said, let's go ahead and let's dig into some motherfucking fights. Let's talk about the main event. Alex Pereira, he's 8,400 on DraftKings. Yuri Prohaska is 7,800. Pereira, slight favorite, minus 125. Come back on Prohaska, plus 105. Pereira, the former middleweight champion, but he's fucking huge. Taking on Prohaska, former, the former light heavyweight champion. He never lost his belt. He just vacated. Uh, and then Jamal Hill gets hurt. He vacates. Really interesting stylistic fight. And it's weird because of the ring rust. You know, Alex, I don't think Prohaska is going to grapple a ton. He held his own fine against Glover. And a lot of back and forth, and that was a sloppy fight. But mostly he's a striker. And Pereira is a world-class technical striker. I just think if you try and out-strike Pereira, I'm I'm going to pick against you. I think that's what Prohaska is going to do. They're big guys. Anybody can land a shot. Sure, Prohaska's talent. He's got more volume. And you could argue he's the better MMA striker because um, Pereira is coming from the kickboxing background. I don't think I agree with that argument. But I kind of get it. It's why the fight is a pick'em, and I think Pereira would have a slight edge. Both guys, a hundred percent. I believe in ring rust. I think it's a thing. I think it takes you a little while to get your shit together after you've been out a long time and having that injury. And I just don't think Prohaska's gonna be able to make it up in time. I do think Prohaska's path to victory is actually this fight goes to deep water. Pereira kind of runs out of gas, or Prohaska is in better shape and kind of just keeps everything on and going, going, and eventually breaks Prohaska. Uh, breaks Pereira. I think that's his path to victory. But in terms of skill, I do think Pereira is the better fighter slightly. So he's going to be who I pick. I hate this fight for cash games. I hate both the five rounders for cash games, even though they are five rounders. Everybody's got a floor of fucking zero. Like <laughs> these are big dudes. I don't, I'm not going to stack. Um, no, I might play a little bit of Pereira in cash games. I got to look at the bills and figure it out. But this is, you know, similar to the Coleman we're going to talk about. It's a play both sides in GPP. And if you really like a side, go ahead and play it in cash. More so this fight than the main. I don't think I'd fuck with or the co-main. I don't think I'd fuck with the co-main in cash regardless than just make a stand in GPPs if you feel great about it. But um, yeah, for me, this one's Pereira. What about for you, Monk? 
Yeah, I tend to uh, tend to agree. I've been thinking about this a lot this week. It is a fight I'm very much looking forward to. You mentioned the ring rest for Prohashka, not to mention uh, the worst injury that we've ever seen in the history of the UFC, according to Dana White. So, you know, maybe a year and a half is not such a long recovery time for uh, for that kind of uh, hyperbole. But uh, yeah, I he must have got hit by the same bus that Francis Ngannou's fish drives. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he hits as hard as a 1960 or 1986 Toyota Tercel. Uh, Alex Pajeda, I think I'm just leaning him. I agree with what you said. I mean, this dude is like a specialist of the topest, topest tier. Um, Prahashka, I just think a little bit, you know, too much time off. And we've seen, we've seen both guys not look great. Let's be honest. Uh, Prahashka, had his moments against Tashira where he did not look great. Definitely went down at least once, I think. Uh, not officially, but uh, I think there was one that kind of buckled him, if I remember. Um, Dominic Reyes, you know, is Dominic Reyes. But, uh, yeah, give me uh, give me Alex Pajeda, man. I just think, you know, going all five with Izzy after possibly losing, um, you know, possibly going on his way to lose that first fight and then KOing him in the fifth round says a lot about Pajara, uh, Pajara. So I'm going to, I'm going to pick him this week. I agree with you. The last thing I'll say about this, this is not a cash game play for me. Um, if it was, I'd probably be on the Pajara side, not to, to parrot you too much, but that's probably what I would do as well. But yeah, this one and the, and the, and the uh, co-main definitely not stacking. Um, I'd have a hard time stacking this one. Definitely not the other one and not playing him for cash either. I'll let you go first next fight, so uh, you're not you're not parroting. Uh, and bet wise, I should say, I don't I don't have a strong enough read to bet either side here. It's just slightly. Let's go, Tom right. Aspinall, eighty two hundred, taking on Sergey Pavlovich for the interim UFC heavyweight championship. Pavlovich eight thousand on DraftKings. If I did say that uh, fight, the odds in, are right in line there. Uh, Aspinall minus one twenty, depending on the book. Pavlovich plus one hundred, minus one ten, depends how much vig is out there. Monk, who you got? Yeah, this is this one. I've tried to think about even more uh, than the main event because, man, this. I, I think Aspinall overall obviously has more skills, more well-rounded, you could say, than Pavlovich. I don't think that's really tough to argue with. Uh, but Pavlovich is what I would just not to reuse a word, but a specialist. His boxing at this weight class is uh, is quite ridiculous for MMA. So it's going to be Pavlovich. Uh, hopefully not because I love Tom Aspinall, but Pavlovich catching Aspinall and putting him down in the first round because I think, yeah, every single fight Pavlovich has been in, all seven of them, first round finishes, whether it's the all six wins or the one loss, um, I believe, to uh, to Overeem there. Um, but yeah, Aspinall could go down, but otherwise, if, if he gets Pavlovich down, that's the game plan here. It's like his dad said, don't get hit. And I assume the rest of that sentence is, and then take him down. So whether he catches a leg, much like uh, uh, Uberim caught uh, back then and uh, finishes his on the ground, could be a submission. I'm going with Aspinall. Love the price here. 700 under his average salary. But guys, total GPP fight. The stats on this fight are absolutely, and they're so crazy, you almost have to just disregard them. I mean, these guys are scoring seven points a minute. Um, even Pavlovich inside the distance, which he has spent very little time, um, so still somehow seven and a half points a minute. He allows six uh, against Overeem. But yeah, the power index, obviously, why it's, it's going to be an insane fight for as long as it lasts. The longer it lasts, I like Aspinall. Um, and I like Aspinall overall total GPP fight. It's going to be hard not to have one of these guys in almost every lineup that I make. Agreed with that. I am going to pick the other side though. I'm going to pick Pavlovich and it's mostly like you said, Tom Aspinall more well-rounded. I think he's got to get this fight to the ground and I just don't trust that he can do that. And Pavlovich boxing is just crazy and it's play both sides. Again, it's not a strong take It's just one of those. It's got to close the distance. And Pavlovich has got strong, fast, ridiculous boxing combinations. And I think Aspinall is going to get caught. If Aspinall gets takedown, sure, he can win the fight. I'm not like it's one of those betting wise, it's not one I have a strong enough take for. You're making me make a pick. I'm going to pick Pavlovich. And you go to the DraftKings analysis, which is part of why we're here. Um, you don't have to take a crazy stand in every fight. You just, it's MMA, it's super volatile. Put yourself in good positions. I would probably. 80-ish percent-ish this fight in, if I'm GPPing. If you're playing in anywhere 10 entries or lower, I'd probably put it in 9 or 10. And then you pick a side you like a little more. Say, uh, I, I like Pavlovich. 
I'll go 60-40. And just put yourself that way. Put yourself in fight positions to win these big tournaments, you know, and and go and go that way. It's putting yourself in good spots. You don't have to get every fight right. Uh, you'll take a few stands, and from you know, you really, ideally, I think, just general MMA DFS advice: take three to four stands a card, and vanilla up some of the rest, and don't make any mistakes. And in the long run, I think you'll work. You'll work out okay. That's so for me. We'll go Pavlovich, and let's move on to the next fight, which I, I get to simp out here. It's Mackenzie Dern at nine thousand. Taking on Jessica Andrade at 7,200. Uh, line on this fight, Andr uh, Dern minus 200 and Andrade plus 170. Look, I'm Mackenzie Dern fanboy. I can, I can admit it. I know who I am. Uh, striking has gotten better, and that's just not me fanboying. Gotten better. But every minute she's on the feet, she's got a problem in this fight. Problem is Andrade looks to be fucking deteriorating quickly. Now, she's getting beat by the best of the best, and we're going to see if Mackenzie Dern is up there. Andrade's takedown defense against Aaron Blanchfield looked really bad. Like, and, and don't get it twisted. If Dern gets a takedown, this fight's over. This fight is over, done, done, done. The problem is, can she get one? And that's why 9000 is a rough price to pay on DraftKings, and it's minus 200 is rough juice. I think Andrade, because she's got such a stylistic advantage on the feet, even though I said Dern has gotten better there, you would think Andrade is just going to be better on the feet. I think she's a live dog for sure. I don't think it's a cash game women's women's MMA lock play punt because her floor is still pretty low. A couple other spots I like better. I like mixing in Dern because she's going to want to grapple. She's going to want to wrestle. She's going to uh, path to a to a finish, which you don't always see on the women's side. So give me Mackenzie Dern because Andrade has kind of fallen off. I don't like the takedown defense I've seen, and just Father Time is undefeated. And the downside is that if Jessica Andrade keeps losing fights, there's going to be more of those OnlyFans photos floating around. And I, I, don't, need that. I don't need that in my life. So Dern's my play. Monk? Uh, yeah, um, I agree. Both of these women actually score, you know, very well. Andrade mostly historically overall more than Dern. But do not forget Dern in her last fight against Angela Hill. Put up 153 DraftKings points, guys. She put up 110 against Nina Nunes as well. I'm not saying those are in the same caliber as Jessica Andrade, but I'm just saying it out loud because it's kind of ridiculous. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, yeah. Dern only 500 over her average salary, but yeah, she's not really doing a ton outside of, let's just say she scored 153, like I said, and her DraftKings points per win for her UFC career is still less than 96. So that has to tell you that a lot of her a lot of her fights she's not scoring very well. Um, I also did hear, and I'm not always a huge fan of narration, but Andrade going through a divorce. Apparently, she said today that she had to fight five times, what this year or four times this year, and she fought, yeah, uh, not counting Limos uh, in 2022. So since then, four times this year, this would be five just to pay for her divorce. So I don't know if she's just in here taking fights for that, but that's what it sounds like. Um, that said, she's lost to Blanchfield, Yan Jaunan, and Tatiana Suarez, three of the best or the better uh, fighters in um, you know their respective weight classes. I like Dern here, though, probably, but I do think Andrade is capable of being a dart throw slash punt play this week because when she wins, guys, she wins huge. Uh, her average points per minute or points per win, 115 and a half. So honestly, I like Andrade. Maybe I like them both, I guess, for GPP just because the chance to score a ton of points is there for both women but uh yeah this one's uh not a cash game play for me at all man what the fuck are you guys doing you don't you're not picking underdogs you pick Pereira Pavlovich is a pick and turn don't worry I got a couple dogs coming yeah we'll up. we'll get there there's a lot this week there's compared to it to compared to uh uh you know recent weeks there is a lot of dogs in my opinion and I gotta tee that up for my Long Island boy yes there's bias here Noted for what it the fuck is, and let's just move on. Benoit Saint-Denis, <laughs> he's 9,100 with a fun-ass name to say. And my ginger guy, Mad Favola, is going to knock him the fuck out. Favola <laughs> is, uh, is 7,100. A line on this fight is uh, Saint-Denis is minus 240, and Favola is a very disrespected plus 190. All seriousness, I do think the line is a little wide. Uh, you're first for this fight, and I, I promise I, I, I won't. I'll try not to speak in hyperbole. I'll get some serious analysis before I crack some more jokes, which are coming. But um, what do you got for this fight? 
Well, speaking of 153 points, let's not forget, dude. Let's not forget. Sorry, I just watched Big Lebowski the other day. Uh, Matt Frivola. Did you say boo? Dude. Oh, oh I thought you said boo. I was about to. All right, we're changing this conversation. <laughs> uh, he put up 158 against Gennaro Valdez, the highest score of all of 2022, and it wasn't even close. So Frivola obviously hits like a truck, power in his hands. You should not disrespect him, and I will try not to because he does not deserve it. Um, but yeah, the guy hits like a truck, but his chin, his chin is the only thing that fails him. His uh, power index is huge. And the opposite of that is what I call the chin index or chin dex. Again, Big Lebowski, if you're into that whole brevity thing, uh, almost the exact same power index. So he's getting knocked down almost as much as he is knocking people down at this point. Uh, so what can I say about, uh, you're right, Benoit Saint-Denis, uh, his, his DraftKings points. I mean, for a stat guy like me, uh, this is just, this is like, you know, the greatest, this is like watching a, a, a light show or something. It's just in, insanely impressive. Six points a minute, over six points a minute inside the distance. 126 per win on average is only loss um, was a finish that, you know, I heard somebody refer to it as a finish that the referee forgot to stop against uh, Alessi uh, Dos Santos. Um, and, and it was in a uh, welterweight as well, not lightweight. So I like Benoit Saint-Denis here. I'm uh, all of his wins over 100 points. I mean, almost five takedowns per 15 minutes controls all the grappling time. Even with uh, some bigger salaries, his average value per win, I guess he's, yeah, he's got three of them uh, over 8,200. 15 average value per win. So yeah, bottom line is I like Saint-Denis. I'm sure Sniper will tell you who he likes, but I'm playing both sides for GPPs for sure. That is the main point here. GPPs go ahead and load up both sides because Benoit Saint Denis is all pressure, moves forward, willing to grapple. I just, Frivola's a grappler too. People tend to forget that he's got a wrestling background. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he'll be able to keep it on the feet. And really, what this comes down to is can Frivola knock out Benoit Saint Denis before the pressure gets to him, before he gets taken down or he gets crowded? Or gassed and saying that he takes him into deep water and drowns him, which is absolutely possible. Benoit Saint Denis, what I like the dude's hittable. Yes, he, he steamrolled Tiago Moises. He can be hit too. And you take too many shots from Favola. Dober's got a huge head and a fucking great chin. And he knocked out Drew Drew Dober. That's no joke. The only you know, the people who have beaten um Matt Favola, he got knocked out by Polo Reyes quick in that fight. That's concerning. But he got knocked out by Terrence McKinney, who say what you want, dude's got power. And then he lost to um, uh, Armin Sarukian. Oh, I'm sure I'm willing to call St. Denis Sarukian yet. I just, I think he's live. Again, I think when you walk, St. Denis' game plan is going to be walk forward and pressure someone. It's dangerous against a guy like for a guy like Frivola. I'm going to take the dog shot on Matt Frivola. Um, I actually do think the line is a little wide. I'm considering a bet on this. I just think it's too wide. I do agree saying saying that he probably should be the be the favorite. I'm not gonna act like I'm I'm not gonna be too delusional about it and fanboy, but I just I think the line's a little bit wide. And then DraftKings play both sides because if Saint Denis wins, he's gonna score a fuck ton too. So load up, boys and girls. Uh let's go, let's go on to the next fight. We got Pat Sabatini, 8,300 taken on Diego Lopez. Or is it Lopez or Lopes? I've heard Lopes, but I've also heard it's Amanda Nunes. So oh not Nunes. So I'm I don't know. Diego, the rest of the podcast. I don't know what to believe. I don't get any hate mail. Let's uh, call him Diego, Flock of Eagles. Diego, <laughs> seventy nine hundred. Uh, Sabatini is quite actually close to about a pick em. Minus one twenty for Sabatini. Minus one hundred five for Lope for Diego. I almost did it. Shit. Um, is what I'm seeing. I'm. I mean, it's a slight dog play, but I'm going to take Diego in this one as well. Sabatini is best when he's wrestling. That's what he wants to do. And you put yourself in the position where we saw Diego off his back. The dude's got a dangerous submission game on the feet. I think Diego throws more volume is probably a little more dangerous. It's close. I just, the way Sabatini wins fights is through the wrestling. And I think that puts you in a bad position against Diego. And I think Diego's gas tank is there. I, I lean towards the underdog in this one as well. Another decent fight to, to, um, What's interesting about this one, I think it's a decent fight for GPPs, but I can't say great because while the wrestling is there, the finish potential, not as big as some of the other fights on this card. You've got the co-main and main right in this price range, and I probably want both of them above this, but 
Still a good fight to target. I just can't call it great. And I do like the slight dog in Diego. I'm going to call him Lopes. So uh, that'll be my pick for this one. Monk, who do you got? Yeah, this is going to be an interesting fight, man. I remember what, uh, you know, I remember the last fight we talked about uh, Lopes or Diego, as it were. It was in the Gavin Tucker side. Clearly, you were on the right side of that one there. But I do find it interesting that Lopes scored uh, 90 points in that fight. And if you remember, he uh, got a first round finish, which gives you 90 points. Gavin and I had to double check that he had no other drafting points whatsoever. I know the. Yeah. Yeah, the, the fight only lasted a you know uh, over uh, ninety seconds, but still, I just not one strike, not one significant strike, just just nothing, just ninety points. So work smarter, um, not harder. Yeah, that's that's is definitely one way to look at it for sure, for sure. Uh, especially against somebody, even if he was busted like uh, Gavin Tucker, um, I tend to agree. Although I think I'm picking the other side. My dogs are coming on the prelims. I like Pat Sabatini. I think he has uh, obviously some big wrestling upside. His jiu-jitsu is extremely slick. I don't know if I would say it's as slick as uh, Diego's by any means, but uh, he is a legitimate black belt there uh, at uh, Henzo Gracie, I believe, uh, in Philly. Controls 80-some percent of the grappling time he's involved in. Almost four takedowns per 15 minutes. Three of his five wins over 100 points. These are all things I love to target when it comes to GPP fights. Does uh, Has a couple, at least maybe a couple, I don't know. I don't have the exact number, but has knocked people down uh, in the UFC at some point. Does have a non-zero power index that I'm looking at. And a very good strength of schedule as well. And he scores four and a half points a minute. Now the issue is if, you know, indeed he can get Lopez down, which he probably... And now I've said it two different ways in this breakdown, so we're all good here. Uh, he probably will be able to get him down. 38% takedown defense uh, for Diego. He allowed so far in his young UFC career four and a half takedowns per 15. Obviously, he fought Mavzar Evluev. Um, I think Pat will be able to get him down, but will uh, Diego be able to find that submission? That's the thing. I think Pat's tough as hell. Uh, I don't think he'll be, uh, you know, he might. I think he's broken his arm before, so I don't think he's going to be tapping uh, too fast. To lopes here but uh give me sabatini hopefully you can get it done ground and pound and uh pay off that salary which this is a fight where both uh were actually the favorite is under his average salary at eighty seven hundred and eighty three dollars and lopes is uh over his average salary of seventy five hundred so that is a pretty interesting uh little dynamic we don't usually see let's go ahead let's move on to Steve Ursag, 8,600, taking on Alessandro Costa at 7,600. Line on this fight, Ursig is minus 200, Costa plus 170. Monk, you are first. Well, this one will definitely be quicker. I have felt like I've been going on for a little bit on these four fights, but honestly, I'm really looking forward to them, like more than a lot of fights in recent uh, recent weeks. So uh, this will be a little... What's that? Oh, it's Maybe so legit. So legit. Uh, and we've got what Astro Boy here, Steve Ursig, 86, uh, 100. I don't know, man. This might be, I'm going to pick Ursig because I don't trust Costa. And frankly, I haven't seen enough of him. Uh, I don't, the Jimmy Flick fight. I mean, come on with that, Jimmy Flick. What did we even learn from that fight? Absolutely nothing. And what did we really learn from him fighting Amir Albazi, one of the uh, tougher flyweights in the division in his first fight in the UFC? Absolutely nothing. So, uh, yeah, I don't know who to pick here. I'm leaning Ursig because uh, he got it done against uh, Dvorak, even though that fight was extremely close. Could have gone either way there. The stats say that he did edge it out in my book. Um, neither guy has scored very well historically. I'm not too interested in this one for GPPs. I tend to think it goes three rounds. Uh, but give me Ursig here. I'll be, I mean, the prices are just, they're, they're, they're mid-range, so you can get to either one of them if you want to take a stand here. Not a fight I'm looking to take a stand on. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I, I like the I'm leaving I'm gonna end up picking Ursig because of the grappling as well. I think he's got a slight edge there. I think you know Costas fought Albazi, loss, flick, win, and this is competition somewhere in the middle. Ursig is better than Alba better than Flick and probably not as good as Albazi. Um really good wrestling. And I think that's where it comes like he's date Costa can probably hit Ursig. It's just a matter of is he going to get a finish. There's a lot of big – I think Ursig has the higher scoring potential on DraftKings because of the wrestling. And betting-wise, I, I I need this kind of barometer fight at Costa before I really lay, play juice against him. So I think Ursig is better coming off – You know, he's got his win against Dvorak, who I think is you know a, a decent fighter. You know, He was a big underdog in that fight and won, and won the fight. But the regional scene – 
and Australia is not great. I probably need to see one more before I, before I feel super confident taking either side of this fight. But I have to make a pick, and I'm going to take Ursig and the difference the difference maker being the grappling. But uh, probably not a great DFS fight overall. Let's go ahead and move on. Can on the road in this goddamn hotel, and I got to scroll down on my Mac. I miss my office, guys. <laughs> Hit it earlier. What the fuck? Oh no! You're looking good, looking clear. The hotel Wi-Fi clearly coming through in the clutch here on the Kill Shot podcast. You know, I, you know, while I figure this out, um, I'm not positive. I think I hit play and we got the red light on Streamyard, and then it started kicking on the um, recording count, the number countdown, mm -hmm. uh, significantly after, like a minute <laughs> or two of us talking, and I didn't want to start over, and I wasn't sure, and people might be getting us halfway through. I didn't notice it. We'll see. Fight. We'll see when I upload it. You guys are like, hey, the video's fucked up. Yeah, it's the hotel Wi-Fi. And <laughs> probably have Monk run it next time. Shit. There we go. But in the meantime, we got, I figured it out. Good news. Lupe nice. Godinez, 8,700. Taking on Tabitha Baby Shark Ricci at 7,500. Line on this fight. Uh, Godinez, minus 175. Come back on Ricci, plus 145. And I get to pick another underdog. Look, I've always been a little bit down on Lupe Godinez. Um... Usually she has the grappling advantage in this fight uh, against Tabitha Ricci. I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that shit. Um, Ricci looks like she's improving. I think she's the better grappler. If she gets on top of Loopy, I think Loopy's in a lot of trouble. What's interesting is that Loopy can get takedown. She's a good wrestler, and if she gets on top, I'm not like Ricci's a good grappler, but it could be one of those situations where she hunts for submissions and she's not getting dominated, but Loopy just kind of wins rounds on top. I think Ricci's the more dangerous fighter. I think she's more likely to put up a big score. And on the feet, Loopy swings bigger and is more volume, so she probably edges it on the feet. I just think Ricci's got more upside overall in the sport. I think I like the way her growth has gone. I like her grappling game. I'm kind of extrapolating what I think she's going to be into this pick a little bit. Uh, Loopy does have more volume. Interesting DFS play, I think, as a contrarian play. I don't think she's going to be super popular on this slate, and she's got you know, Monk will give you the, the numbers behind what she scored. But I'm going to take this shot on Tabitha Ricci here, and I will say Ricci's that cash game. I don't think she's going to get finished. So she's that cash game underdog punt. I'm kind of – I'm really eyeballing uh, as I go into building lineups this weekend. What do you got, Monk? Yeah, I'm going to add you to the list of people that are slowly convincing me to pick and use Tabitha Ricci this week. I was on the loopy side – she, but, by the way, man. before she could absolutely win this fight and not sniff the optimal on this card. There's some big scores yeah. flo floating around. So, so don't go true crazy. Too. That's true too. But what loopy are we gonna get? That's the that's the issue. Most most guys, you know, in DFS, they're a little, you know, there's peaks and valleys, right? You know, loopy is here or she's here. There is no gray area. Um, and that's it's strictly dependent on her willingness because she has the ability, but frankly, her willingness to land more than one takedown in a goddamn fight. Uh, she landed eight against Carnalosi. This is just her last five. And then three fights after that, she landed a total of two. One of one fight obviously had no takedowns in it. And then Reed, all of a sudden, five takedowns, and she scores 100 and almost 30 points. When she landed eight against Carnalosi, 100 and almost 30 points. So what are we going to get? It's either going to be 60 or 130, apparently. So I guess I'm going to play both sides. I was on the loopy side, but her stats, for the reasons I just mentioned, you this is why you need fight tape or at least uh, at least you need to look into the stats more because 104 points per win, fantastic. Huge ceiling. Lands almost four takedowns every 15 minutes. These numbers are liars if you don't know what you're looking for. So, uh, yeah, I don't know who to pick. Again, I'm going to cop out. This is not a stand fight. Again, guys, I'm like every show I've done, I've given out that I like Loopy Godinez here, but I think I'm just going to play both. I'll stick with my pick in Godinez, but it is becoming less and less confident uh, as the minutes roll past. So I'm playing both for, for uh, GPPs most likely. Like uh, Sniper said, just be careful. A lot of high scores out there. But like he also said, I think either of these women could score big in a win. So I got to play both sides. Not a, Not really a cash fight for me. What do you say about big women? What? yeah <laughs> moving on i couldn't i couldn't help that at all um all right this is the fight we had uh added late and monkey gonna do the heavy lifting here because i need to research this fight fully i give you my initials take though uh 
clearly being on the road here, I'm a day behind. But I got most of the other, I got all the other fights done, except Mateos Rebecki at 9600, taking on Roosevelt Roberts at 6600. Late replacement here as Roberts steps in. The line, do we see if I have a line on this fight? Help me out, fightodds.io. Probably minus 650. Minus 650, minus 700 in some places. Come back on Roberts between plus 475, plus 500, it appears. And thankfully, Monk, as I said, you're first. Uh, Yeah, and you informed me of something because I did not even know what the salaries were. They hadn't even released them as of last night. So I assumed Rebeshki would be uh, uh, 9,600. So that's what I kind of put him at in my head. Um, And yeah, obviously short notice against uh, Roosevelt Roberts, who... Hasn't won a fight since in the UFC since Brock Weaver 2020. And before that, he beat Alexander Yakovlev, who apparently I just found out is a rapper and has a hip hop album out. So if you're a huge Alexander Yakovlev album uh, fan, I mean, go check out his album. Uh, but then Roberts lost to Jim Miller in, a, in like two and a half minutes. No contest against Kevin Kroom. That was an overturned fight. Uh, and then Ignacio Bahamones, you all remember the spinning wheel kick of death from Ignacio Bahamones there. But that fight, was back in 2021. So he hasn't fought in the UFC in 810 days, over two years for those of you who need the help there. I like Mateusz Rebeski. Um, I'm hoping he can just land a takedown, grind this dude out, huge ground and pound, uh, and pay off his score. The thing that worries me is he did go all three rounds with someone named Nick Fiore in his UFC debut, but maybe that's because it was his UFC debut. He still scored 104 points, um, and he put up 122 against Loic Radzibov with a second round finish so yeah give me Rebeshki. love him for cash love him for gpps um and i will find ways with all the underdogs this week to easily get him into my lineup yeah this is also a trap i see it on your face also a trap you took the words right in my mouth yeah. it's so fucking yeah trappy it mm-hmm. just it just the perfect word it feels trappy but the volume is there i think i if I remember right, I'm picturing both guys. I believe he's pretty significantly bigger than Roosevelt Roberts. I think. I don't know I if he's to, taller. I need, to, I, need, I need to look that up. Like I said, I'm not. I got, I got it right here. Rubeshki's five seven and Roberts is six foot two. <laughs> foot, I'm thinking of the wrong guy. Then I'm thinking. I'm thinking of the wrong Mateus. Um, Mateus is not who I have pictured in my head. Literally, have not looked at this fight, guys. So <laughs> go with what Monk's insight is, and I would just say based on the odds. Seems like it's viable in cash games at 9,600 because there are plenty of dogs. Fight is minus 230 to end inside the distance. Um, Throw a little Roberts in your GPPs if you're feeling frisky for the trap. You know, And and betting-wise, uh, fucking pass. Yeah. I'm not, paying, I'm not yeah. paying the juice on Mateus Rebecca. It's not a parlay piece. Just pass. Even on, a, even on short, short, short notice. No. I don't care. I, Mateus Rebecca, um, yeah, could, could be fighting. I don't know. Yeah, he could look six, minus six fifty at the end of the. He could, but Despite still, Thomas and I'd be like, eh, minus six fifty. <laughs> yeah, well, I feel about that. Right. Uh, they're in very different weight classes for everybody who's not as uh, familiar. Would not be competitive, but you get the idea. <laughs> uh, let's go ahead. Let's move on now that we got past the fight that has been added late, and let's talk Nazim Sadikov taking on. Uh, I got to not mess up his first name, Vyacheslav Borshev. Works for me or Slava Claus, if you were Slava Claus. Let's call him Slava Claus the rest of the way. Yeah. Solid ass nickname. Um, <laughs> line on this fight, I should mention that uh, Sadikov is minus 130. Slavikov is plus 110. Uh, this is the fight I went back and forth on quite a bit. Um, and I ended up on the Sadikov side taking the favorite. I think the volume is there. I think the takedown, the takedowns are really what it is. Slavikov is a great, a great, an accomplished, very experienced striker whose takedown defense is eh, not really loving what loving what I'm seeing there. Uh, every minute this is on the feet, I think Sadikov is in danger, but he's more well rounded. The grappling, I think, is going to tire out Slavikov. I think that's what Slavikov's. Yeah, sorry, I was going. <laughs> Screwed me up. I just think Sadikov, again, the wrestling is the X factor. Here. No, it is Slava Claus. Slava Claus. I'm yeah, yeah. going to consider a bet, but I need to rewatch one more time. It's hard to because I did 
flip-flop a few times. And then as the week goes on, I'm getting more and more confident in Zadikov. I'm not sure I'm going to pull the trigger. Uh, do like this fight. I think this is a sneaky good GPP fight. Uh, there was one earlier where I'm like, yeah, the mid-range, you know, you kind of got to ignore you know, kind of ignore it. I think if there's – and this is one of the ones I think gets bumped over it. Uh, I think there's some sneaky upside here, especially on the um, Sadikov side in the 8,500 range. So that is my pick for this one. Monk, who you got? Um. Yeah, this one's tough. I think I'm gonna Your pick mother. the under. Gonna <laughs> I think I'm gonna pick the underdog officially here with uh with Borshev. Plus, if he wins, we get to see the dance, and that's really all I give a shit about. <laughs> Obviously, Borshev can't defend a takedown. You were being very generous with your choice mm -hmm. of words describing his takedown defense. I'll tell you straight up, it's fucking garbage. 35% and he allows eight takedowns per 15 Look, minutes, guys. I was pretty sure I remembered what I had been watching all week, but I also thought Mateus Rebecki was the same size as Roosevelt Roberts. Well, you, so, you're right about this one. Sad. So I was like, yeah, let's let's not go hyperbole twice in a row and look like a uh, fucking clown. Yeah, Mark D1 of Casey. Uh, that's where he made his D1 debut. 11 takedowns against uh, Slava Claus. Nine for Mike Davis. So 20 in uh, 22 so far in three fights. Didn't allow any against uh, Mahashate, but then again, he'd well, have to, up. He'd have to attempt it. one. Yeah, you know. <laughs> um, so yeah, Sadikov on the other side, all the takedowns against, he's only landed one. It was against Evan Elder, who I'm pretty sure has a decent ground game. Uh, then the Terrence McKinney fight, there were no takedowns attempted. Or if there were, he had he didn't uh, land any of them, I should say. Um, so if I knew he was going to, you know, this is kind of like loopy Godinez for me. If I know you're going to land takedowns, I'm probably going to play you. If you don't, then what the hell are you doing? Because Slava Claus hits hard as shit, and he could uh, finish you on the feet. So I agree. Um, I'm picking the dog, but I do agree with you. Uh, heavy, not heavy. I am playing both sides in GPPs. Probably a little bit more Borshev, to be honest. But, man, he has next to 0% takedown defense. This could be bad if Sadikov has any kind of takedowns. Plus, I believe Sadikov, nicknamed Black Wolf, awesome nickname, trains at uh, uh, Cerro Longo. Great gym that I like to bat guys out of. So, uh, yeah, I like both sides here. Picking, I'm, picking I'm the dog, though. I'm a Long Island guy, so you know how I feel about uh, Cerro Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, how well, can you? If you don't like Cerro or uh, Ray Longo, I don't know what the hell is wrong with you. I love Ray Longo. It's my favorite. Yeah. I will say that the... Put your uh, hole in his fucking chest. Sadikov fouled the shit out of Terrence McKinney. Like, the, the glove hole, that was... <laughs> everyone's like... Because for whatever reason, people don't like Terrence McKinney. A dude puts out fun fights. I don't think there's anything yep. disliking him, but he seems to get a weird amount of hate. Like, yeah, you deserve that. Or what, like, it was weird. And I'm watching them like, I've seen more egregious fouls in MMA, but it wasn't good. I understood McKinney mm. being upset. I was like, yeah, I'd be a little pissed too. That was, I mean, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying to these refs. It is what it is. I'm not holding it against Sadikov, but I understand why McKinney was a little twisted. I don't people why I don't I don't quite get why people were all over Terrence McKinney for that. That was. Well, that we've was we've also shocking. got active fighters saying, "Yes, I'm going to start fouling because so many fouls, nothing happens." We got guys. Grabbing, get your hand off, get your hand off, get your hand off for, for three fucking rounds, man. Take a, a fucking, a fucking doctor. That <laughs> doctor with, with the, with the groin kick. Was, it, was that last week? He didn't week? get kicked in the dick. No, that was like two or three weeks ago. Listen, yeah, I'm just, my testicles exploded, but you yeah. know. <laughs> Poor <laughs> like, Victor Henry. Thoughts and prayers. Can I, I'm not even a Victor Henry fan. I've actually kind right. of, I think he's a bit, a bit overrated, but I was like, that is, <laughs> um, what? Well, and then Farid is doubling down on it. Like, him and his coach is like, you didn't get kicked there. It's like, dude, why are you being an asshole for no reason? <laughs> I thought people people like you, and now they don't. <laughs> wild. Uh, really interesting spot here as well. We got Jared Gordon, 8,900, taking on Mark O. Madsen, 7,300. Jared Gordon in this fight, minus 220. Madsen, plus 185. Monk, you are first for this one. Who you got? Yeah, man, this one's, I guess it's, it's been tough and I don't know why, because everyone I've heard this week is on Jared Gordon and I understand why. I mean, the striking aspect alone, uh, Mark Madsen, again, another, uh, wrestling dominant fighter that just falls in love with his striking and just won't attempt takedowns all of a sudden. And when he does this, he, uh, either doesn't score any kind of points or he loses the fight. He got pieced up by Grant Dawson, dude. We just saw what happened to Grant Dawson. I mean, if you blinked, you missed it against Bobby Green, but I mean, I love Grant Dawson, pride of Stromsburg, Stromsburg, Nebraska, but still, man, that dude is not known as a striker. So uh, I got to go with Gordon here. Madsen also 
39 years old. Uh, I don't think he's training at Fight Ready anymore. I believe his wife and family had to move back to Denmark for medical reasons, and I believe he went with them, so he is now training back in Denmark. Uh, that does work for guys like Nicholas Dalby. Not sure if it's going to work for Madsen here. I don't, I guess I'm playing he his Olympic medal yet. You can't talk about Mark yeah. Madsen with his Olympic medal. That's right. Yeah. Mark, the O stands for Olympian. Uh, who was I listening to? They're like, that should happen 12 years ago. Who cares? I started laughing. That is part uh, of the problem. Yeah. It is. It is. So yeah, I'm going to have to go with Jared Gordon here. Um, the no contest against green. I believe that was a headbutt, If I recall the Patty, that's right. That's right. Patty Pimlet win, which wasn't a win. Um, and his only loss in the last five then is uh, against Grant Dawson. So yeah, give me uh, give me Josh uh, Josh Gordon, Jared Gordon, and I don't know. Uh, I just don't know how much I can get to him at that price tag, man. I just don't. That that's my issue is the price tag on DraftKings. And for the pick, I actually I agree with you. I'm picking Gordon, but I'm not like all over Gordon. I was considering Mark Madsen. What I think when I, I I always talk about this at least once. I talk about you know I play the fight out in my head and I just. Mark Madsen's going to need to use that wrestling style. He's so big. He gets tired. He's 39. Jared Gordon's a good enough defensive wrestler that I think he's going to make Madsen work and just fucking gas him out and take over and maybe even finish him late. But I think he's going to win pretty dis- – I think if Madsen knows that, and try, which is why I think he's not shooting a lot, if they play it on the feet, Gordon wins. Mm-hmm. If Madsen tries to grapple, I think Gordon defends well enough and Gordon wins. Madsen needs to land a big takedown early and kind of ride out, maybe ground and pound, or just at least suck the wind out of Gordon and kind of grind on him that way. Madsen needs to have success very, very early. Not to just win early, but just to ride the rest of the fight that way. And I just think Jared Gordon's defensive wrestling is good enough to not have to worry about it. So I have to pick Jared Gordon. Um, what was the line on this fight again? It was, yeah, minus 220s. It's too much for me for a bet, but I wouldn't play yeah. Madsen. If you, you know, if you're really down on Madsen, then I think, okay, Gordon's a fine as a parlay place. I just, I can't quite get there because uh, they have enough other plays I like, a few dogs. and uh, But I, I get it. I, I'm going to take Jared Gordon. Just there's enough holes that I was concerned. Mm. But for me, Gordon is the pick. And we'll move on and we'll talk about John Castaneda, 8,800, taking on Kung Ho Kang at 7,400. Uh, line on this fight is Castaneda is minus 130. Kang is plus 110. This fight is fucking weird. This fight is fucking with me aggressively. And here's why. I think that my pick for this one, I'm going to make sure that I ended up, because I think I talked about the other. Yeah. My pick is um, John Castaneda. I think he's a little better everywhere. Slightly. Not lot but i think he's a slightly better striker i think he's got good enough wrestling there's some finish potential there i was fine with the play i'm like okay he's that kind of secondary third don't love him but mix him in kind of upper range play and i'm kind of thinking you know kang has enough dogs i like i don't really need to play with him he's probably a third option towards the bottom of my exposure list that's how i was going into this and now i'm looking at the line i'm like how do we get to minus 130 plus 110 what, what the fuck am I missing? Are there a ton of sharp action? Is there the Daniel Cormier sneezed and blew out his back shit going on? Like, Kang opened up at plus 150. I don't... Mm, okay. So here's here's what's going to happen. Un- unfortunately, I think, because a lot of the dogs that I like are GPP dogs outside of Tabitha Ricci, I'm probably going to play with a cash lineup I don't know how you don't play Kang at this price at plus 110. I just – I'm not typically an odds value chaser. It's hard to do. I'm going to I'm gonna play with lineups both ways and see which way I like. I might even be a bitch and because it's a pay-per-view, honestly, play double my cash exposure and play one lineup with him and one without. And I, I, I might do that. I haven't totally decided. It's hard not to play him in GPP – in cash games. I will say the line movement, though, actually has me more interested in Castaneda and GPPs because I think there's some sneaky finish potential there when I was breaking the fight down, and no one's going to fucking play him. No one is going to be on John Castaneda. He might be sub-10% or around 10%. I don't want to say sub, but would you agree with that, that he's going to be around 10% maybe? Uh, yeah, because he's 8,800 and Kang's never been finished in the UFC, so yeah, for sure. I agree. Yeah. 10 to 15% tops. 
and Castaneda's got, you know, 20 career wins and 14 come by finish. Um, I know he didn't finish Muin Gafarov, but he finished Miles Johns. And I can't see he finished Eddie Wineland, but whatever. He finished Marcelo Rojo. He finished, and then we're back in the regional scene because he's not been in the UFC mm-hmm. that long. He's only three and two in the UFC. How old is Kang at this point? I, why do I feel like Kung Ho Kang? All the, because of the, the service, I always feel like the Korean guys are 40. He's 36. 36, yep. Time's getting there, too. That first, that KO's coming. I don't know if it's here, but I like, so the way it ends up playing out, because of the line, for me, it's Castaneda, GPP, Kang, and Cash, and move on. And I probably over broke that fight down, but the line movement tripped me the fuck out. Uh, Monk, who you got? Yeah, that's an, that was a very interesting one. I am on the Kang side, have been all week. Um the dude just perf- has been performing extremely well. Other than the Hani Yaya fight, that's the only fight he's lost in his last five. Obviously, we probably shouldn't count Brandon Davis and uh, Lu Ping Young. Those guys are two gentlemen that are no longer in the UFC, but he did beat Denon Bakary and Christian Quinones, uh, that Quinones fight in the first minute. Uh, John Castaneda, I think he's, man, he just is not scoring as much as I need him to at 8,800. I mean, his last uh, couple of wins, 84, 83, uh 117 but again this was against the aforementioned eddie wineland uh the guy who got knocked out like a mummy against uh sean o'malley for your younger viewers uh that didn't watch uh any wec but yeah castaneda should not be overlooked i think in gpps i won't be the highest owned but i'm probably going to be over the field if you're right about that 10 percent number i will surely be over the field because uh his power index is actually one of the highest on the card at yeah. 1.59 that is the amount of uh, basically significant strikes or knock knockdowns landed per significant something I, you know what it's my stat i made it up i don't even know what the hell it is so uh regardless it is a good number shows that he has some power uh in his hands for sure even as a first round finish win controls 70 percent of the grappling time i think this is going to be a heavy grappling fight to be honest that is seems to be kang's uh go-to takedown defense he's been taken down nine times in 11 fights uh so pretty good there he's cheaper than his average salary where Castaneda is a bit over, but uh, I think I agree. It's Kang for me in cash. He's in my current cash lineup for sure. In fact, I think I even started with him and Rebeshki probably. Um, but uh, yeah, Castaneda I think shouldn't be overlooked, and you could get good leverage on him this week. Yeah. Um, by the way, Eddie Wineland has been fighting since I'm old as shit. Now he was I was so in high long. school when he started yeah. fighting. Yeah. yeah. Well, Great mustache though. Great mustache. Is it overrated? The twisty, the twisty up. Yeah, I guess it fits him. Not my thing. Not my thing. <laughs> just cool because not many people do it. That's true. Uh, all right. Interesting one up next, at least for me. Hint, hint, wink, wink. And probably the reason why I may not have to play Kung Ho Kang. Ah, oh, it's so weird. Joshua Van, 9,200. Take on Kevin Borjas at 7,000. Uh, line on this fight. Van is... Oh, oh my Kang math van is minus 225 borjas is plus 190 monk it's an even number fight so you're first yeah uh i'll keep it simple van is seems to be seemingly way overpriced uh borjas comes off as a probably killer be killed kind of guy he has a ton of knockouts uh in uh at flyweight on the regional scene that said i think he's fighting that like inca fc or something like that it's like guys that you've never heard of guys that you've never heard of have never heard of these guys Trying to find the Inca FC fights for yeah. the for the MMA playthrough six five tape index plug plug that I you oh, know helped dude. together. Um, trying to find those fights, fucking horrifying. I was gonna say it must I be a nightmare. A oh, Inca FC's dumpster fire. <laughs> so that said, Van probably will win. I mean, he's got he got a decent win over Chalgas Chumagulov, who uh, has got done nothing but lose split decisions. Some of the what? the roughest. Uh, the roughest patch almost in UFC history, it seems like, as far as wins and losses. Uh, but Van, that said, is 2000 over his average salary, or his average, his only salary, previous salary of 7200 So, yeah, um, I don't know if I can pick Borges straight up, but uh, I'll definitely be playing him a little bit in GPPs, that's for sure, uh, and probably avoiding this fight altogether in cash. I don't trust – how could you trust Van at all? I mean, he went uh, – a 200 strike fight between him and Zogus put together uh three round split decision. I need to see a little bit more from him before I can just shell out 9,200 all, all willy nilly like that. So give me uh, I guess give me van, but I don't feel confident and I will be playing Borges uh, in GPPs. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to pick Borges. 
and it's mostly because uh, I think Van is overpriced, just like you said. These guys were supposed to fight on contender series, um, and Van took that fight against Dragas on short notice. So they're going to run it now. Borges won his UFC his contender series fight, got his contract, and here he is. I think it's going to be a good fight. I think this should be. Maybe you say Van proved himself a little bit against Dragas. Okay, minus one fifty ish would probably be where I priced this fight. I think the lines are off, and I think Borges has got more. Pre- I like the pressure he brings. I like the low kicks. There's. I don't know. When it, when it, it's it's a close fight, and I'm just going to go with the dog in this kind of – I think he's got more volume and pressure, and that's just what I like to see from a younger fighter. Van looked good, but, again, I think he's overpriced. Mostly is the play on the price. Um, it's yep. not like that. I think Borges is going to super win. I'm picking him, and it's a close fight, and I think the lines are off. And I'll that misprice on Kang really has me twisted. I might do one cash lineup with Kang and one cash lineup with um, – with Borges because he's my favorite punt. He just because I'm picking a really cheap dog to win. Yeah. So um and GPPs, no thank you on Van and Borges. I'll mix in a little bit. Don't hate it. Let's go ahead and let's move on to our last fight, the first fight of the evening. I I'm gonna have to say this with a straight face. <laughs> Wall ever. 9400. <laughs> I can't, I sorry, I cracked. I couldn't do it. <laughs> I'm gonna do it. Taking on Dennis Bazookja. He's 6,800. You did it. Jamal oh. Emers. Jamal Emers is priced at minus 265. Bazook just plus 225. And you know what? All joking aside, mm, that's probably right. <laughs> in terms of odds. Bazook's just not good. Emers is competent. I mean, that's a fine UFC MMA line. Emers has been around. The reason we laugh, it's not because Emmers is horrendous. Let's be clear. We're laughing because both primarily DraftKings players and, um, yeah, Jamal Emmers is DraftKings fucking garbage death ass. Like, you just, it's bad. You can't it's, finish a fight. It's He couldn't finish a ham sandwich. No. So, I mean, he's got a split decision loss to Giga Chikadze. No. He, yeah, he got knocked out by Pat Sabatini. The Jack Jack Jenkins is a good prospect. Like he's decent. He's an he's he's a good UFC, you know, okay to good somewhere in that range UFC fighter. And maybe he makes improvements. I don't think Bazooka's gonna be able to take him down. I think Emers is better on the feet. Not a lot of finish potential. Seems like a pass pretty much everywhere. Like no, thank you. And if you want to tell me you build a cash lineup you love, and Bazooka's left at sixty eight hundred as your own your super punt, okay. Sure. I'm, he'll probably get you three rounds at least. Exactly. So. Exactly. <laughs> so we'll go with that. The last thing I'll add in is the fight. So kind of to play off that point, let's see if the odds agree. Fight goes to decision minus 190. Yeah. Yuck. So, Emmers is the pick. Zooch is the better play because I'd rather spend 9400 on, I don't know. I'd rather put. I'd rather you rearrange the price tags. I'd rather pay ninety four hundred for Jessica Andrade as a giant underdog than fucking Jamal Edwards. <laughs> so that's what I got for this one, Monk. You, dude. If you don't mind, if you still have the odds pulled up, if you don't, it's cool. Check what is Jamal Emmer's round one KO because I heard a number on a show that I was listening to earlier that it was plus five hundred and I almost crashed my car from laughing. Uh, so if you could verify that and we could get Let's another another good laugh in, that would be hilarious. Uh, Jamal Emmers, him winning just by TKOKO, period, is plus 400. Emmers in round one is plus 500. Oh, my God, dude. It's it's true. Now watch it happening. That, that, it is that's that one book. There's another book. Same line. So I'm gonna, I'll, I'll call it the books. Um, Bet online is plus 500. Unibet, if you have Unibet, plus 800. There you go. That's a little, you know, three bucks. That's quite the jump there, especially for a guy that can't finish, like you said, a ham sandwich. So, yeah, the, the Jack Jenkins fight, super close. I think he, uh, the stats say he won that, uh, but it was very close. Don't mind, you know, either either way. Beat uh, Hussein Ashkabov and Vince Cachero in his last five fights. Uh, put up 108 against Cachero and then 71 against Ashkabov. Um he was able to land five takedowns against Cachero. That's why he scored so well and controlled 40% of the fight time. He has done nothing since then. I guess he controlled Ashkabov for 31, but not really uh, much you know, in that range of, of numbers since then. Um, yeah, 
like you said, if you need to punt Bazookia, well, first of all, I suggest maybe you rethink your mid-range. But uh, if you need to, I really don't mind it. He did go all three rounds with Sean Woodson, who I think is a, is, is a viable uh, fighter. And I think Jamal Emmers, like we said a few times, can't finish anything at all. So you'll get three rounds out of him. Maybe he'll score 20. He, he did put up 27 against uh against sean woodson in a loss landed 71 strikes got taken down four times uh so nothing really to brag about but he didn't score 10 so yeah give me jamal emmers obviously by decision and i'm not play- <laughs> i don't i don't want any part of this <laughs> minus 120 by the way emmers by by decision <laughs> yeah that's should be like that should be minus 500 <laughs> was only minus you know he's more like a joke to that yeah that's right. true we'll go kill shots if you're new to the podcast kill shot under own play something unexpected we think will happen we're gonna do draft king specific hope you enjoyed the betting content make sure you check out everything else those links below for the kill shot uh monkey got one teed up i do i just wanted to uh check something super quick i'm thinking about a mid-range dog um yeah i'm not counting that one um give me Slava Claus at 7,700. Oh, <laughs> I didn't think you were going there. I just, no, no, I no. I don't want that one. I'm on Sadikov. I was going to be over on Sadikov. Oh, yeah. Well, I might I might still be for the chance. But uh, he hits like a truck, dude. And he did beat Mahashate in like, you know, two rounds. Uh, but he needs another big win. He, he like needs another big win. He cannot afford to be taken down and made to look like a fool uh when his last name ends in ev on the ground so yeah i don't know he's got to do something here i think if he does win he's got a chance to score very very big if he finishes sadikov so that's the only reason i'm doing it for the kill shot i think he's uh viable in gpps and uh, at 7700 i like that salary a lot all right i'm gonna take two because i fucking can i i I, I make the rules right now i am the captain now and and (laughs) i'll tell you number one it's Kevin Borges is, is my uh, kill shot. I just yep, see, that's what, that's kind of where I thought you were going. That's super mm-hmm. under own. He's not going to be very own. I think he's super live. You know, it just it can it kind of fits my brand pretty perfectly. So Kevin Borges official kill shot. But the number two, I'm not going to not say Matt fucking Frivola after Ooh. picking him and shitting on Saint Denis. I do think he'll be GP. I think people will mix him in. I don't think it's like a surprise play. I think people know that fight is going to be wild. And who knows? Most people are on the other side than me because I'm on the dog, clearly. But I'm going to give honorable mention to Matt Frivola. But Kevin Borges will be the the one that's – I think people could be sleeping on it if I'm right. You don't got to get every one of these right. You get one right every three or four cards, you make a bunch of fucking money. You play it yep. right. <laughs> GPP life is scary. It's why I repicked up cash games a few months ago, and that's been Same. that's been going well. I took a long time off from cash games. I did. And kind of just it it's a grind and I wasn't enjoying it anymore. So I stopped and then kind of flipped and GPPs were, you know, the swings of GPPs were getting to me and I started doing more DFS army content. I'm like, let me go back into it. And it's been pretty successful. So nice. um whatever you want to have a process in DFS, but you need to follow your rhythms. You need to, you know, when things aren't going well, take a break, reanalyze, redo. Just side advice. Uh you got anything else for UFC two ninety five? No man, this is I'm looking forward to this card so much, especially the main event, but or the main uh, card. But even the prelims are like stacked. This card is great on paper, uh, and it hopefully is great in the octagon. Let's hope. Knocking on wood here, we'll we'll get all 13 fights, and it's going to be fantastic. So one of the, one of the better cards I could think of to close out the year. Quick, quick, funny story um, about this. If you guys listen to the end, hit the like button, comment on the story. Let me know what you think about this because I, I laughed and then was sad. I so DraftKings has the promotion for uh, VIP Diamond Onyx. I'm 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 Onyx right now. The new system, by the way, if anybody from DraftKings is listening, it's garbage. I've talked to so many people who have been Onyx for multiple years who are not going to make it, and I'm one of them. It's just it's too hard. Yeah. And I get maybe that's why they need to, to limit it a lot. Sure, but whatever. I have a VIP rep, not bragging there, but I message him like, "Hey, did I win the car? Just busting his guy's balls." And he goes, "Nope, sorry, winners were contacted yesterday." I'm like, "Oh man," uh, and. Sometimes I've gotten hooked up in the past with DraftKings with UFC tickets. MSG is always harder than like Newark or like so. But I you have to ask. You got to shoot your shot. Maybe something last second will come up. Because um, the more I look at the card, the more I want to go. I was going to watch yeah. it. But I message him and go, "Hey, so I'll I'm go, oh, so I'll settle for UFC 295 tickets this, this weekend." And he goes, "Those might be harder to get than the card." Oh Jesus! <laughs> I'm like, well. <laughs> Fuck me. Yeah, right. God damn it. 
shoot my shot. Yeah. Shoot my shot with Jennifer Lawrence. Same fucking response. No, yep. thank you. Yeah, no, thank you. <laughs> Who? Well, I might I be guess. heading down to Austin in a couple weeks for the uh, the Austin card. Nice. Benny and Saruki in main event. Looking forward to that. Live UFC is always fun. Always. Dude, fun. I've actually always never fun. been, so this will be my first one. What? I know. It's, uh, I've been a fan for literally over a decade. What's holding you up from not going? Nothing. I'm going. Going. Good. Good. <laughs> as long as tickets, I'm going. I think I'm buying my tickets tomorrow. Have a fucking discussion if you don't go. So good. <laughs> Everybody enjoy UFC 295. That's what we got for the MMA kill shot. Hit the like. Hit the subscribe button. We will see you next time. Enjoy the fights.